Wow, there it is. Can you, do you guys remember the first video and like how they were just getting made and all? Now here they've made it this far. And here we are at the end of our series. Guys, it's so fun to be here with you guys. As I mentioned earlier, my name is Joshua. I'm the youth pastor here. And today I get the privilege of hanging out with you guys, sharing my heart and diving into the word with you guys. Man, this is so fun. I'm so excited to be here and I'm glad you guys are here. Like I mentioned before, but I'll make sure you know this. Thank you for coming. You could have been anywhere and you decided to hang out with us. So thank you. You're welcome here. This is a family. As you guys notice, you guys were able to talk to people. Um, I got feel like if I'm going to ask this question and say, you know, who would you spend time with if you had a day to spend time with somebody, who would it be? Um, honestly, for me, I would love to hang out with probably... Probably Moses from the Bible, just because like the man had a crazy story. Unfortunately, I'm not diving into that today, but just to hear like all of his wisdom and all he went through, like how do you turn your staff into a snake? Like what was that? Are you scared of snakes? Like how's that? You know, all that fun stuff, right? Um, but guys, I'm so excited to be here. Um, unfortunately, my family is not here today. I was gonna brag on them a little bit. My son came down with the good old Minnesota plague today, and so he's recovering at home. So pray for them. Um, but for those that don't know. Uh, I'm married to an amazing, amazing woman named Anna. Uh, we met at Northwestern. She is my everything and puts up with my everything. Um, and so very thankful for her. We have two kids, Paxton, who is three, and Kinsley, who is six. Uh, my goodness, just like this video. I remember when we just found out we were pregnant with our first, I was exactly like that guy. Like, he's going to be this, this, this. He's going to fix. No, he's going to burn everything, right? Like, all this stuff. Uh, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. And I love being a father, I love being a husband, and honestly, it's been so awesome to be able to be entrusted with such amazing people. A little bit more about me, because I always think it's important for you to know who I am and who you're listening to. One of the best things I ever heard from anybody was in the first one, like first minute of connecting with people, tell them why you should hang out with them, tell them why they should listen to you. So if you don't hear anything else, I want you to know this, that I love God more than anything. I really do. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm the pastor today and I get to preach to you guys, but no, he's, he's saved and changed my life. And I've seen him save and change so many people's lives around me and he deserves our absolute everything. I also do love my family. They are these, um, the most precious gifts to me. Um, and last but not least, I have a little bit of energy, okay? So I'm gonna need y'all to have fun with me today. I always say that if church is born you're not doing it right. I believe that this is a time that you don't have to be all uptight and nervous, but instead you can just take a breath, relax, and have some fun and know that we're all in this together. We're all in a journey learning more about God. None of us are any closer than anybody else around us, and we all need to hear the word of God today. My prayer is that you come in one way and you leave changed, that you leave different. I'll be honest with you guys right now, there are so many people in this room that are going through so many different things and people around you might not know, but God knows. And if we can just be open and honest right now in this place, even myself, for the next 30 minutes or so, if we can just say, hey, you know what? We don't have it all together. We need this time. We need to hear what God has to say for, to us so that we can really encounter him today. As I mentioned, we're wrapping up the series of talking about Jacob. And so I get to talk about one of the most, my favorite part of this story. And I want to just read this for you guys. I've always said that if uh, no matter if my message is terrible or if it doesn't go well, as long as you get the word of God, we win, right? So we're going to kick off with the, with the scripture right away. So Genesis 32, if you have your Bibles, great. If not, it's on the screen behind me. Starting in verse 22 to 31. It says this, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives his two female servants, and his 11 sons, all right, crossed the ford of Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. 
And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he still wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is almost daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you even ask my name? Then he blessed him right there. So Jacob called the place Penel, which is saying it's because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Would you guys pray with me this morning? God, we love you. We love you so much. God, we don't want to just treat this like another Sunday service, another worship time, another communion, another message being talked about. But God, we want to encounter you. Lord, we want to hear your voice today. God, we welcome your Holy Spirit into this place. Already you are doing work in the hearts and lives of people in this room, and I can ask you continue to do that today. God, we love you. We're so excited to see what you do today. Lord, let everything that I say be from you. Let us all hear, including myself, what you have for us today. God, we thank you so much for coffee beans around the world. Lord, thank you for Starbucks. And Lord, we ask that you bless Caribou for trying. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said, amen. You got you to gotta thank him while you can. You got to thank him while you can. Um, quick question today, everybody. Is anyone else in here a really good giver-upper? Like, if we can just be honest, like, okay, cool, just me. So I'm speaking to myself today. I, I could probably be a pro-giver-upper. Like, that's just, that's my mentality. I am so quick to give up. One of my favorite movies is, is Tommy Boy, and it has this amazing saying. It says, if you first don't succeed lower your standards. That's what it says. Like, that's me to the T. It's not try, try again, right? But like, that's just who I am. Like, growing up, I would be so quick to give up. And I feel like there's more of you out there with me. Like, for example, man, when I was playing like video games, like PlayStation, like if I couldn't beat a level, I would just like unplug the whole thing. Like, I'm done, right? Or if I didn't like perfectly finish everything, right, I'll just be over with it, right? Like, I would lose my mind. Or if I couldn't get the like perfect recipe for the cake, I'll just throw the whole mix away. Like, I'm done with this. Like, I don't even care. Or here it is, come to Jesus moment, math. If you tell me in this church that you've not almost lost your mind or come to tears over a math problem, you're not being honest with me and God today, okay? I don't know what's going on, but I have straight up lost my mind in class. Like, what is going on? X is a letter, not a number. Like, come on. I truly believe that God put math on this earth to let us know how much we need him. Guaranteed, this is a true thing. But I would just be so quick to give up. Like, that's just, that's just my personality. It's so easy to wanna do that. Or maybe it's something more serious. Maybe it's something that you're going through in your life right now. And as I mentioned earlier, I want us just to be honest and open today, even myself. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks and you're so close to just giving up. You're like, I'm done with this. Like, this is just too much and I'm out the door. Maybe your relationship with your kids is just not going well and you just can't understand what they're doing or what they're saying or what TikTok is or what the new dance movie is. Like something's just off. You can't connect with them and you're like, you know what? We're just never gonna be close. Maybe it's your financial situation. Maybe you've been doing everything you could and trying everything to save money and it just seems like there's just bill after bill after bill and things are just not getting better and you're ready to just give up. Maybe on a more deeper level, maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe for the last couple of weeks or days, you've been going to God saying, hey, I need you. I'm struggling. Church tells us to pray to you and come with all of our concerns and our burdens, but God, I don't feel you. Where are you? What's going on? And maybe you're ready to give up on God. Maybe you've just been hurting. 
if we can be honest today. Maybe you're just hurting and struggling and you've tried coping with it, you try to figure out all on your own, you've tried to do A, B, C, and D, and nothing is working, and you're ready to give up once and for all and end it. Guys, I don't, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but I, I, can, I would believe that at least one or two of us have at least gone through that once or twice in our entire life. And I want to start off by saying here today, we've got to be so thankful and praise God that we serve a God that loves us, a God that cares about us, a God that doesn't care about what we're going through and says, no, I actually can take care of that and move forward, that what you're going through right now is not the end, it's just a part of your story and you're going to see God move. Praise God that even though he sees what you're going through, he wants to walk through it with us. He wants to build that relationship with you and he wants to let you know that, hey, I'm your God and this is just the beginning, that you can give Get through this if you just don't give up. Let me help you. Praise God that we have a God like that. I'm not playing today because I got some personal stuff too that I need to hear the word of God today if I'm being honest. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard to remember that truth, right? We can sit here in church and be like, oh, yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah, we know what the Bible says about our struggles and going to the Lord with our burdens. But why do we forget that time and time again? If you're like me when things are good, I'm like, yeah, things are good. And all of a sudden bad stuff hits. I'm like, what do I do? What's going on? It's hard to remember the truth because in the thick of it, we try to take over. We try to take it into our own hands and do our own thing. And I believe it only makes things worse, right? But what if we need the truth more than ever today? What if we need Jesus to take action? Maybe it's ourselves right now, too, for being honest. Maybe we've tried so many different things and we just need to ask for help. If you think about this, maybe, maybe sometimes it takes us, our action and our hustle to remind ourselves that God is real and with us. Like, for example, if you're struggling with something and you're like, no, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'm just going to sit in this pity party and in the struggle and in this hurt. How would your friends ever know what you're going through? How would your family ever know what you're going through? How would healing start to happen unless you say, hey, I need help? Sometimes it takes action and hustle to remind ourselves that God is real and with us. I want to go back to the text because this is what it's all about. My man Jacob, we've been hearing a lot about his story over this last month. It's been unreal. He has probably one of the most wild stories I've ever heard in my entire life. You think your life is bad, just relate to Jacob, all right? If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you've heard just the crazy roller coaster of emotions and events that have happened in his life. It's honestly like a reality TV show. It's like, what is going on? First, Jacob is labeled as a deceiver. That's what his name means. It means deceiver. And lives out this label by actually stealing his brother's birthright, right? So right out, right out the gate, like he is labeled as a deceiver. Things are already going south. Then Jacob ends up being deceived by marrying two sisters, okay? This isn't normal. I don't care what you're like, oh, it's back in the day. No, this is crazy, okay? Like, this is not a good situation. And Pastor Eric talked all about that the last couple of weeks. And then after all this that's going on, I feel like Jacob starts realizing that the bed that he made for himself is not going to end well. Like, tensions are high, things are not going great at all, and stuff's about to get very, very real. And now we've come to the point, and if you get a little context in the background of this, of this passage, Esau, the guy who uh, Jacob stole his birthright, his older brother, has had enough of Jacob. And in the Bible, it says that he's ready to bring 400 men to have a fun conversation, right, <laughs> with, with, with Jacob. No, he's about to take his brother out, okay? So just imagine with me all that's going on right now. Jacob's tension emotions got to be through the roof. Like, you got 400 men coming for you. You got no army behind you. Like, things are about to get real. Talk about family issues. Oh, my goodness. 
Like I said, if you feel like your family issues are bad, wait till some brother or sister brings 400 men to beat you up. That's something else, all right? So here's where we pick up. Esau's coming with 400 men. And prior to this passage, I'm gonna dive into in a second here. I love this because the Bible actually talks about how Jacob is like, okay, I know that my brother's coming. He's angry. There's 400 men coming for my life. Like, here's what I need to do. This is what the Bible says. I can't make this up. He says, I'm gonna go ahead and give my brother 220 goats, 220 rams, 20 caramels, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 30 donkeys, and hopefully, like, ease the tension a little bit. Now, the problem with this is if you can imagine Esau getting 400 men, not just his buddies, but 400 men, an army, to take his brother out, I don't care how many goats and rams you're about to give somebody, they're still coming for you. Like, it doesn't do it. But in the Bible, it's so funny because, like, maybe this will pacify him. Like, maybe this will be like, yeah, this will ease a little bit. No, they're coming for him. So let's dive in. Genesis 32, 22 says this. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Again, awkward stuff going on. Two female servants, even more awkward, and 11 sons, 11 of them, and crossed the fort of Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions, so Jacob was left alone. I want to pause right here. So again, tensions are high, things are going on, life is not good for Jacob. Things are going wild. And what does Jacob do? He takes time to be alone. We can't miss this. This is huge. He didn't prepare for battle. He didn't run away. He didn't get a group of men to back up the whole, like the match up to the whole under 400 that were coming his way. He took time to be alone. He knew what he needed the most in this time, and he decided to be alone. In the time of chaos and tension, or at an all-time high, he knew he had to spend time with God and get real with God. What I love about this, too, is if, if, you, if you read anything about Jesus' life and his ministry down here on earth, there are countless times where he takes time away from his ministry, away from his people, away from his disciples, and spends time with God. I always say that if Jesus needs to spend time alone with God, we absolutely need to make sure we're spending time alone with God. As I mentioned earlier, if you're anything like me, if stuff's going on, I'm ready to get my gloves on and go to battle. Like, that's just who I am. I'm ready to go to work, Right? But what if, whatever you're going through right now, you just took time? Say, no, I gotta be alone with God. I need to let God talk to me. Like, when was the last time you actually tried that? Instead of trying to do it all yourself, say, no, what, God, speak to me, because I know you know what to do. Just like Jacob, he knew he had to be alone with God. I wanna encourage you with that. When's the last time that we've done that? Because sometimes life can feel like it's going 100 miles an hour. Maybe like going back to the different examples, maybe we've tried to take our marriage into our own hands because it's been struggling and we're like, I gotta do this, this, and this instead of letting God be the center of your relationship. Maybe we've tried to take our finances into our own hands instead of saying, God, no, I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm gonna trust you with my money. Maybe we've tried to take our own life into our own hands, take the steering wheel even further, do other things that we don't need to be doing, take our lives to our own hands instead of saying, God, why don't you lead? Why don't you lead my life? When was the last time we really spent some time with God? I can assure you this, that when you do, life change happens. I can, I can promise you that God will show up and speak to you if you just let him. Breakthrough can happen. So maybe that's for you today. Maybe you just need to spend some time with God, just like Jacob. But the story continues on. 
Verse 24 says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. The man saw that he could not overpower him, overpower Jacob. So he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man. I got to be honest with you today, church. I'm a huge UFC fan. I love watching two guys go to battle in a ring. Because my wife's like, why do you watch them fight? I'm like, they signed up for it. That's up to them. I won't do it, you know, but they can do that. That's my entertainment, right? But like, I love UFC fights. Like, I just do, okay? Don't judge me. This is church, right? Now, if you know anything about the UFC, these are trained like assassins. Like, these dudes aren't just like, yeah, we just decided to put on some gloves. Like, no, this is what they do. They are trained killers. Like, they know exactly where to punch to knock you out. They know how to just press like one little part of your body and shut your whole body down. Like they just know what to do, right? So I want you just to imagine this scenario that's going on, right? So Jacob's spending time alone with God. If we can be honest, have you ever spent time with God and it's not always just a soothing, positive, you know, Holy Spirit filled moment? Like maybe it's like, hey, God, we got to get real. Like, I got to be, like, if anything like me, I've shouted at God sometimes, all right? I've said some non-good words before, if we're just being honest, right? Maybe you got to get real. So it's this moment where Jacob is having with God, and all of a sudden, ding, 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 fight night, all right? This, this is not a made-up story. This is in the Bible, all right? I can just imagine the start of the super calm prayer time, and then all of a sudden, it's like, God, you're not listening. God's like, I got you, Jacob. Like, here I am. And Jacob's like, no! And then all of a sudden, it's battle, right? And now watch this. They're starting to wrestle and they're starting to fight. And this is what the Bible says. It says that the man that was wrestling with Jacob could not overpower him. Who we found out later on, this man is God, which is like, do you know how strong that you have to be to be wrestling with God and God cannot beat you? Like, what is going on? You have to have some supernatural strength, okay? So much so, again, I cannot make this up today, church, that God decided to take Jacob's hip out. It was just like, boom, shut it down. Has anyone here ever had their hip out of socket before and tried to walk? You are absolutely worthless without a hip. It does not work well, especially if you're fight night, fight nighting God. Like, it's not going to work out well. But guess what? Jacob still continued. He still continues. It says, I, like I said, I don't, I don't care who you are, how strong you are with no hip. You are absolutely worthless. But guess what? Jacob did not let go. Jacob did not give up. Like he was so sure that he needed to hold on for what was coming. And so watch this. It says in verse 26, it says, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob knew what he needed. He knew exactly what he needed and what he needed to do. And he was willing to do whatever it took to get God's blessing. When was the last time that we had the same mindset? Again, breaking this down for you, 400 men are coming to kill him. He's had the craziest ups and downs of his entire life. He's married to two women. That's got to be crazy enough. I'm just saying, I, I'm trying to figure it out with one because my wife is so sweet. She puts up with so much of me, but I still can't understand it, right? Two of them, 11 sons, two female servants. Like there's a lot going on and Jacob has truly hit his peak. He's hit his breaking point, and he was not going to be content with giving up. Instead, he was ready to fight. He was ready to fight for his life, and he was not going to let go until the blessing. I wonder how many people in this world have decided to give up when the blessing was right around the corner. How many people in this world, whether it's you or me or people we know, that have given up when the blessing was right there, right around the corner? I know I've had many friends I've had students who have given up, 
who have ended their lives because it was just too much. And my biggest thing was like, oh my goodness, what if they were just holding on for a little long? What if they didn't quit? That blessing was right there. See, sometimes we think that giving up is the only option, but that's actually the opposite. Holding on to God is the only option. When we can't do it anymore, that's what we need to do. Just like Jacob said, no, I'm holding on, and I'm not going to let go. And I want to encourage you today, Mosaic Church, do not let go. I don't know what you're going through today, but do not let go. So then it continues on. It says, the man asked him, what is your name? And Jacob, he said, Jacob, he answered him. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I want you to catch this. God knew who he was wrestling with. He wasn't asking him, wait, who are you again? What's going on? Maybe he was like, how are you so strong? What's, what's happening? No, he, God knew who Jacob was. But I believe that Jacob had the opportunity to come forward of who he really was, right? As we mentioned before, Jacob's name means the deceiver. So for his whole life, he has been labeled as the deceiver. And I feel like God just gave him an opportunity to say, who are you? Tell me who you are. And I love this. Jacob says without any hesitation, Jacob, this is who I am. And I believe it's the moment where he's like, God, this is me. This is all of me. And you know all that I've been through and all that I've done and all the ups and downs that have happened in my life. But God, here I am. Like, I'm done trying to do it myself. God, here I am, all of me. My name is Jacob. And then right there, he gets blessed. Right then and there, God changes Jacob's life, so much so that he names him Israel. This is the name that a nation is born out of, Israel. A nation was born out of the name Israel. Can you talk about a life change? It wasn't just a, hey, it's going to be okay, Jacob. No, he's like, no. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to change your name, and your life will be never the same. It's going to be a whole new experience for you. Verse 29 says this, then Jacob said, please tell me your name. But the man, he replied, why do you even ask my name? And it says, then he blessed him right there. So Jacob called the place Penel, was saying, because I've saw God face to face, yet my life was spared. Some of you right now are in a season just like Jacob. Maybe you don't have 400 men coming for you. If you do, we'll help you somehow, all right? But maybe it feels like that. Maybe it feels like the world's against you, that no one understands you. And I gotta be honest, y'all, like, I know I mentioned that I'm I'm the youth pastor here, and I I wanna be real, like, just because I'm the youth pastor doesn't mean I don't have struggles, adult struggles, right? Just because I've only been married for six years and only have two kids doesn't mean I got it figured out. Like, things are hard, man. Things are really hard and maybe you're in a place in your life right now where you just are hurting and you feel like everyone's against you. Maybe you feel like God isn't even hearing you. Maybe you are in a place right now, as I mentioned before, that you are this close of giving up. I always tell the volunteers before we hang out here at church that we never know who's coming through these doors. You never know if someone is going to come through these doors giving God one more chance, giving church one more chance. We just don't know. Or maybe you're here today and you're just this close of giving up in your marriage. You're this close of just giving up on your family, financial situation, your church, or God. Maybe you're just this close of legit letting go. I've been in those moments. I have. I really have. But again, what if the blessing is right around the corner? Like, what if? What if the blessing is right around the corner? 
And as I mentioned before, if I can just be honest, man, like I am going through a tough patch in my marriage right now. I feel like we're going to be honest here at church and say we're Mosaic Church and we're a church full of broken people coming together. Then not for one second do Eric or I or anyone else that steps up on this stage want to act like we have it together at all. This is just as much for me as it is for you. And I truly believe that there's been times that I've been so close to giving up. Worship team, you can start making your way back up here. I don't have things figured out. Temptation hits me all the time. And I truly believe that when the devil tempts us to give up, then we lose our focus on what actually matters because we're too focused on all the other stuff going around that we take our eyes off Jesus. But what if the blessing is right around the corner? I've wanted to give up so many times. And I want to wrap up today by just sharing a little bit of my story of probably the biggest time that I was ready to give up. In college, my lifestyle was not in a good place. I was a very different person than I am now. As I mentioned before, God changed and saved my life, and I know he can do the same for yours. But college was, was a very interesting time for me. And if you remember going through college or whatever it might be, I always say, yeah, classes in college are good, but it's a real transformational time for you as a person, right? And a little background, I grew up as a missionary kid. 14 years of my life was spent in Papua New Guinea. My dad was a pastor before that, and then my mom and dad became missionaries. My mom was a nurse. I grew up in a very, very good Christian home. Went to church every Sunday, saw my parents on the mission field. Like, it was like a Christian bubble inside of a Christian bubble inside a Christian bubble. Like, I was around it. I was in the thick of it. And my whole life, I was like, okay, cool, this is God. Like, I know who he was, and I get it. I get the routine. I know how things go. And then when I went to college, though, I realized very quickly that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And I started getting involved in the wrong crowds. Basically, the way I break it down, and I was living a very, very selfish lifestyle. Probably living the most unhealthy spiritually, emotionally, physically, mainly because I was just being selfish. And I got to the point, honestly, where I was just living my own life, doing my own thing, knowing that what I was doing was wrong, but deciding that I want to do my own thing just because. Maybe you've been in that place before. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I want to do my own thing. With that mindset, I honestly, I turned away from God so fast and very aggressively, very intentionally. I was like, no, I'm good. Mind you, I grew up as a missionary kid in a Christian home, went to a Christian college. (laughs) What? That's not enough to fight off that temptation. That's not enough to say, oh yeah, I know that he should be good then. Because no matter what type of situation you're going through, if your heart and lifestyle don't line up with God's word, the devil's gonna hit you. And so I was in this lifestyle and I was living the craziest lifestyle ever. Eventually I got to a point that I was so far gone that I was ready to give up. And I mean give up completely. My my mind process, my process was this whole time was that if this life that I'm living is all that God or that life has to offer, I'm good. I don't need it. I've already lived it. I'm sick of it. It's not fulfilling. So I'm done with it. And I was thinking that I was so beyond saving at this point, and I was honestly at my wit's end. I kind of felt like a Jacob moment. Because I was living the way that I wanted to and the way I saw me instead of seeing myself the way God saw me. So in that moment, I was done. So to be honest today, church, I tried taking my life a couple times. Obviously, it didn't work out, praise God, right? <laughs> but in that moment, I realized that even when I was ready to let go, God wasn't. Let that sink in for a second. Even when you've come to that place where you are this close to letting go, or even if you've tried, God does not. God does not. 
God does not let go. God does not give up on us. Even when we quit, I read this, even when we quit, God's grace does not. Even when we quit, God's grace does not. And in that moment, God gave me this word. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Mosaic, it's not about you. It's not about me. Jacob was able to hold on, but he didn't give himself the blessing. God did. God changed his name to Israel and his life was forever changed. I wanna encourage you guys today, family, do not let go. Do not let go. Wherever it is in your life, do not let go. The blessing is right around the corner. I wanna jump ahead to the end of Jacob, the story of Jacob and Esau because we've been talking about it all month. And not to dive too much into it, basically what happens is Jacob's name is now changed to Israel and Esau's still coming with the 400 men. All the animals and all those gifts didn't work out. He's still coming for for, for Jacob, right? And so what basically happens to kind of give a nutshell of the ending of the story is Jacob and Esau meet face to face. And if you can imagine like how real intense of a moment that would be, right? I guess it'd be like Esau, 400 men, and then like Jacob and his family or Israel and his family, right? And so they're face to face. And what the Bible says is all of a sudden Esau throws his arms around Jacob and they begin to weep. With 400 men behind him, Jacob not knowing or Israel not knowing what's going to happen, I truly believe, it doesn't go too much in this, but I truly believe that Esau saw a big enough life change to know that that wasn't his brother anymore that did all that other stuff. He was a new person in Christ Jesus. His name was Israel, which a nation came out of. There was enough change in Israel's life to show his brother, no, it's all good, man. I love you for who you are. Think about that love. That's the love of Christ Jesus. That God doesn't look at what you've done, what you're doing, what you're ever gonna do. He cares about who you are. Just like Jacob in that moment is like, I'm Jacob. Here I am. All of me. God wants all of you. And he's not content on leaving you the way you've come to him, but he's ready to take you to a whole new level if you just do not give up. God sees you for who you are and calls you by your name. If you think for one second that you are past saving, past grace, past God's love, my biggest prayer and hope is that you understand that this morning, to be encouraged that if God can change my life, if God can change Jacob's life, he can most certainly change your life. Would you guys stand with me as we close out? I'm a, huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of worship, especially when we have an amazing team like we do today. And I wanna just encourage us right now just to go into these, this last worship song just with that idea of, hey God, here I am. Like this is me. This is all of me. Like I don't, I don't have it all together. I need you. And I don't know if, Lighting, can we by any chance dim the lights a little bit by any chance without going too crazy with the effects? If, if, if not, no worries. But I want to encourage us right now just to be open and honest, if you're willing, just to open your hands. You don't have to. I just want to encourage you. Like Maybe it takes some hustle and action on our part to say, God, I need you. God, I can't do this by myself. God, I'm so close to giving up and I need to feel you right here, right now. 
So whatever it might be, the sign of just saying, just surrendering, like, God, like, I need you. So if you feel led, just open up your arms and let it go and say, God, I need your help. And I truly believe when we have that mindset, when we say it to God, say, hey, God, I'm struggling, but I, I need you. I need help with this, 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 and this. When you do that, you're bringing it to the light and darkness has no power in the light and healing can begin. So as we go into this last song, I want us to experience God moving in this place, moving in our lives and in our situations. God, we love you so much. God, we thank you for who you are. Your promises are new every single morning, that they don't change, that even when we go through whatever we go through, we're close to you, not close to you, ups and downs, highs and lows, God, you are constant. You don't change. Your love doesn't change. Your grace doesn't change. It's unconditional. God, we thank you for your patience with us when we forget that truth. God, I ask right now in this place that if there's someone going through a Jacob season in their lives, that they just will not let go of you. Even when it feels like that might be the only choice, in Jesus' name, I ask they have the strength to hold on until they feel and see the blessing. God, we need you to move. We need you to move. We need to feel your presence. God, let lives be changed right here and now. God, have your way as we focus and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.